In the year 2001, a young captain, a marine, he was the captain of the Woman's Battalion, uh, Paris Island in Beaufort, South Carolina, uh, retired from active duty, and she and her husband, who is also a high-ranking Marine officer, became extremely active uh, in a parish in which I served there in Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, some uh, time later, a couple years later, she felt a call to go to seminary, so we set up a, a discernment uh, process for her at the parish level and was pleased after that to present her, highly recommend her to the Bishop of South Carolina who sent her to Neshota House Seminary in Wisconsin where she uh, achieved, she set a new standard for academic excellence uh, and won the respect of a lot of people. After seminary, she served a parish in 29 uh, Palms, California. Uh, when I came to the Advent, I needed a, a, a woman clergyman. No, that doesn't make sense. I didn't need a woman. <laughs> I need a clergywoman uh, who had a rock-solid, uh, no-nonsense, no pusillanimous doctrine of the atonement kind of woman. And uh, guess who I thought about? Uh, and I called Heidi in 29 uh, Palm, California, and she joined the team here at the Advent. Five wonderful years, she became uh, the vice dean, uh, now is serving as the dean at the cathedral in Helena, Montana. So, all that to say, I get a lot of credit for bringing Heidi here. I just want you to know that. (laughs) Enough said. Heidi will preach to us after we sing standards one, two, and three of 644. of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a joy and a delight to be back here with you, um, and a huge honor to be invited to preach at this Lenten series. And so I have been worrying about sermons for almost a year now, Um, and (laughs) I um, have chosen to preach the next three days on the patron saint of my new cathedral, St. Peter's. Most Christians, I think, feel a certain kinship with Peter, and he is the most frequent answer given to the question, which biblical character do you most identify with? And I know I have a certain affinity for Peter. And so for the next three days, coming from St. Peter's Cathedral, I'm going to invite you to spend an evening with Peter, the evening of Maundy Thursday into Good Friday. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. The word of the Lord. Well, foot washing, I know, is not part of the Maundy Thursday service here at the Advent, but it is at St. Peter's in Helena, which is somehow fitting, because the crisis moment of the foot washing event is between Jesus and Peter. So this will be our first event of the evening with Peter, and it's a rather uncomfortable one. I've been on both sides of a Maundy Thursday foot washing, and I can tell you that it is far more uncomfortable to have your feet washed by your priest or bishop than it is to wash the feet of the youth group who paint their toenails with little messages for me. (laughs) Well, somehow letting someone with greater authority or someone that you respect and admire and want to look good for Having them wash your feet is embarrassing. And imagine how much more embarrassing for the apostles. Men who walked along dusty roads and through filthy streets in sandals, letting their rabbi and lord wash their filthy, grubby feet. But Jesus' actions were not just personally embarrassing for the apostles. It was also this massive upset in the social order. Because, you see, foot washing in the ancient Near East was the task designated for the lowest of the slaves in a household. So low, in fact, that Jewish teaching did not allow Jewish slaves to be used to wash feet. And yet here was Jesus their Lord and Messiah, doing just that, the lowliest task of the lowliest slave. Well, you can kind of imagine the horrified and embarrassed silence that likely filled that upper room that night. Until Jesus turns to Peter, the springbutt of the apostles, 
The disciple who was always trying to impress the teacher, I have the right answer, and who still hadn't learned to think before opening his mouth. Well, Peter jumped right in, broke the silence, not just to question what Jesus was doing, but to correct him. You're never going to wash my feet. And honestly, you can kind of see where Peter was coming from. But he was wrong. You see, Peter was looking at the foot washing from a worldly perspective. Jesus was thinking about it from God's perspective, with his eyes already on the cross. Because you see, ultimately, this foot washing had nothing to do with dirty feet. It was pointing to the cross where Jesus' atoning death and sacrifice would cleanse not our feet, but our sinful hearts. Which is why Jesus looked Peter in the eye that night and said, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. The share that we have with Jesus is not about feet, It is about whether or not we accept him as our savior and accept the salvation that he wrought us on the cross through faith. We must be cleansed from the stain of sin by the blood of the lamb shed on the cross. Only then do we have a share with him. Only then do we have a place in God's kingdom. Jesus is using the foot washing to foreshadow the cleansing of the cross. And poor old Peter, who was trying so hard to get it right, misses the point again. Instead of asking Jesus, what do you mean? He just puts his big old still dirty foot in his mouth and says, well, wash my hands and my head too. He wants to share with Jesus. In fact, Peter wants a really, really big share with Jesus. He loves the Lord, but he really wants to be the star apostle. So if foot washing will get you in, then a good all-round shower must really get you a good spot in God's kingdom. See, Peter doesn't really get grace or submission. He's still trying to show off. He's still trying to tell Jesus how to do things. He is still trying to control his salvation. Well, Jesus just shuts him down. His rather cryptic response, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, points to the fact that the cross will be the full cleansing from sin. And while we will still have the need for daily confession and repentance this side of the second coming, the full shower of God's grace and forgiven forgiveness is given on the cross for all those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. Jesus was teaching Peter that his grace and forgiveness are not given according to merit. 
They are not given by how many spring-butt answers we can have. He is teaching Peter that God will not, cannot be controlled by Peter or by anyone else. Jesus acts. Peter can accept it or reject it. But he cannot earn it and he cannot control it. And that is the lesson that we learn with Peter Something that we know intellectually, but like Peter, when it comes right down to it, in our hearts, we still find ourselves acting a lot like Peter. We don't want Jesus to wash our feet. Like Adam and Eve, we try to cover our sins with clothing, hide our dirty feet with shoes, hide our sins with justifications. We want to appear perfect, not grubby. Or, if we do sometimes admit our sin, we then try to control the means of cleansing, of forgiveness, of salvation. We don't really like being helpless recipients of grace. We don't want to admit that we need Jesus to clean the grime from our souls. Too often, we only really want God to just give us a little bit of help so that we can do it ourselves and be in charge. In short, so that we can continue to make ourselves little gods, which means that we are then simply just trying to clean ourselves using dirty water. For as John Stott so wisely phrased it, The essence of sin is man substituting himself for God. So that method of trying to get clean on our own is just leaving us dirtier than we were before. Which is why we need Jesus to kneel down and cleanse us. Because God the sin made man the only perfectly sinless person in all history is the one who can cleanse us. The one who that night, in the upper room before the Last Supper, put aside his garments and robed himself in the towel of the lowliest servant and washed the feet of the apostles, needs to wash us. And here's the really amazing thing that we learn from that foot washing, is that in doing that act, the Messiah also showed the apostles that he was the suffering servant long prophesied in Isaiah, pointing to the cross. Because Jesus is the suffering servant, the lowly servant, who on the cross put aside all the glory to bear our griefs and sorrows, who was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, an offering for our sins so that we could be healed, so that we could be cleansed. With the foot washing, Jesus was showing Peter, showing the apostles, showing us that he was the servant who would die for us. Jesus said, if I do not wash you, 
you have no share with me. And I pray that this Lent, that every day, we can learn from Peter's stumblings that night. And instead of trying to control Jesus, instead of trying to earn our salvation, we can let our reply echo the words of the great hymn, Rock of Ages, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to your cross I cling. Foul to I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Will you let Jesus wash your feet? Will you let the blood of the Lamb cleanse you from the stain of sin? Amen. Amen.